There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The ambassador designate to India mm-hmm. was seen reportedly at an event in Los Angeles last week, uh, an art gallery event uh, that featured the art work of the president's son Hunter. Um, the ethnicists who have pointed to this arrangement have expressed concern that the president's son selling art could potentially uh, put the president in a situation where those who seek jobs either in this administration or favors from this administration uh, and could put this White House in an awkward position. Should, first of all, what is the White House's response to the fact that uh, an ambassador nominee was at this event? And secondly, should we expect to see more people who seek jobs in this administration attending events like this? Well, to be clear, we've spoken to the arrangement that is run by the gallerist uh, and Hunter Biden's uh, representatives that the White House provided suggestions for. I'd refer you to the gallerist for questions about uh, the event, um, and, and, and as well as the uh, representatives of uh, Mr. Garcetti in terms of his attendance. Okay. Just to follow up, this is exactly what ethicists said they were worried about. What is specifically? The fact that, uh, the, that the president's son... That he son, reportedly attended an event? Well, the president's son would be selling artwork and then meeting potentially with people who would seek to buy it. If you have attendees at that event who might be seeking either jobs in this administration or favors from this administration, isn't it an awkward situation to put the president in? Again, the gallerist has spoken to... We've spoken. So the reason we've started with just this cut, just this interaction, this is from yesterday is that I think this is a perfect example. This is a perfect illustration of why this president is such a failure and so unpopular. A new Q poll came out that's devastating, devastating in every category. Democrats scoring him uh, lukewarm at best in every category. Republicans and independents have said sayonara. Mm -hmm. And this question and answer is precisely why. It is not only 
the problem was is that I think that they feel you know what, let me finish it let me finish this okay. so you can take it all in into the specifics what the gallerist has agreed to and what uh, per, what recommendations were made I've done that several times I don't have additional details for it from here I point you to them go ahead so, so does this White House not have any concerns about uh, the photos that have emerged of showing Hunter Biden at that gallery alongside prospective buyers I point you to the gallerist on uh, specifics of the restrictions that were put in place great but what about the position of this White House this is a president who ran on being transparent and you've got and we were very transparent about what recommendations were made to the gallerist uh, and I would again point to them or the many times I've spoken about that from here this is like when a guy approaches you in the middle of the city and says oh man you know I lost the, the just missed the bus and I didn't have enough money for the bus and I was just in here getting for a job interview into town and I just need a little bus fare back. And do you mind? I just need like three bucks. If I, like, I'm not one of those people who's telling you the, who does this. I'm not one of these people who panhandles. I'm not looking for anything. I just missed the bus. And I was hoping you could help me out, et cetera. And then, you know, 36 seconds into it or so, you, it occurs to you that this guy's Absolutely fake. one of those people. He's that... absolutely one of those people. This guy is just—he's just lying. And then you say, "Thanks, sorry, man." And he goes and starts a script f- again, fifteen to the feet next away, person. to the next person. Mm-hmm. There's a part of this when you listen to Jen Saki, Saki talk here, where it just kind of hits you. And to me, that's what this did. Listening to it today, I, I've never been so. To me, this is the. This is the nail in the coffin. This is oh, I see. You don't have anything. Yeah, there's no there there. This is just pure corruption, and yeah. you have no answers because and you don't care this, that you're I just know. selling favors. Right, and you don't care that I know, and that right. we all know. You don't care to answer it in any deeper fashion. You don't even care to deflect. Mm-hmm. In the, the so Like we were talking about the other day, the total and utter apathy. And we saw this from the beginning, from the beginning when people were asking questions about corruption, etc., and but this is just one of them you know like why am i using why is my head which is almost full now like we've said alice pouring a beer into a shot glass (laughs) i i have enough i have no more brain space i'm not saying there's a lot of it but i don't have room for gallerist you know (laughs) i don't have room for gallery i don't don't want to have a press briefing with hunter biden's gallerist no i I don't have room for new stuff because they're so full of shit that they have to invent new stuff i don't have room for very mo- uh, a historically successful airlift that they had to invent even though that's not what happened i don't have any room for a border patrol agent strapped somebody <laughs> doesn't exist they're into they're introducing just new word new parts of vernacular new events etc what they're- about new powers of osha and well, sure. the FBI uh, coming after Sh- parents. And- sure. And so now this is all they have. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is so. And it's not even that. Fine. Absolutely. It's corruption. He's taking bribe money. And the old man, just like advertise, just as advertised. Right. I think the New York Post had this about a year ago. And then it didn't have it when they were shut down by Twitter. The, obviously, the kids crooked. That's fine. But, it, but the administration is crooked. That's the thing. Right. I mean, so here's the deal. Like, yes, people like were freaking out because there's hotels that say Trump on them. And they were worried that people that want favors might, that from Trump might stay in the hotels. But hotels 
offer a service for the money that you give them, which is that they let you stay in them. And there's a market rate for that service. So it's very easy to tell if there's some corruption happening. I mean, you know this. You've worked in hotels. I know that we have listeners, some of you listening out there work in like finance for hotel groups and stuff, right? Like they're they're not running at such a high profit margin all the time that somebody just getting a room in your hotel is some big personal favor to you, right? Like how much money does the owner of a hotel see from like a person staying in the hotel, even in one of like the better rooms, right? Like a small, a couple hundred bucks or something Mm -hmm. like even in like a fancy suite, like their margin off the top to them personally. But what we're seeing here is that people are able to buy a painting from Hunter Biden for $500,000, which there's no, there's nothing to compare to what's a Hunter Biden painting worth? Like there's no, there's no going rate for paint for Hunter Biden paintings the way there is for a hotel room. So there's no easy way to tell. That's why the art world attracts money launderers, right? Because like, because of exactly this reason is because you can now pay Hunter Biden for a painting that you can say is worth $500,000 and who's ever to how can you say it's worth it? It's not worth it. Like, well, the only reason the- a Hunter Biden painting is worth $500,000 is because it comes with a favor from the president of the United mm-hmm. States. That's why a Hunter Biden painting is worth that. Whereas, like, a hotel room, you can see right away if somebody's not paying a market rate for a hotel room. It's obvious. It's clear. Right? Well, it's interesting that you say that because... If there's a new this is eligible for a new value system because sure his piece of crap painting is absolutely not worth five hundred thousand dollars but yes it is if you get to control foreign policy for your own country yeah you get an ambassadorship for the five hundred thousand dollars so yes so it's worth at least five hundred thousand dollars it's a painting that no. comes with like a good no hold on no because this is something. the amba- right. this is somebody in it's it, it, for it was this an Indian person or the ambassador oh I thought this was a nominee for I didn't even look that. Closely. I thought it was it, it, somebody, it, an Indian dignitary. Let me look it yeah, up look while it up, you well, talk. Yeah. Um, well, but if you can, if it is, if it's a foreign person who wants to get favorable treatment, then your $500,000 investment. Could- yeah, it's he's nominated as the U.S. ambassador to India. It's L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti. Oh, it's, oh that's yeah. the Garcetti. Oh, yes, I didn't that's know that. who it is. So he's nominated to this like yes. sweet ambassadorship with a cool country and. You know, it's and he's buying, he's giving Hunter Biden five hundred thousand dollars for a painting that's definitely absolutely worth five hundred thousand. I mean, like, but it's only worth that because it comes with the ambassadorship. I mean, I'm surprised Hunter's not into NFTs. I'm surprised he's not designing JPEGs for people to use as avatars. Well, the thing is, though, is that it, it, this is why it's so great. Oh God, we gotta. I mean, we were Alice and I were just talking about how we need to make more money. Tonight, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I'm excited about a prospect for her, which we won't totally give away, but oh God, I'm excited. Um, you need mental health. That's why you're excited so, about it. So, um, no, but the idea is, so where's he going to be ambassador to? India. So here's the, 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 the move is to be the person who gives Garcetti the money to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Garcetti's the cutout. He's the guy who just, you know, handles the transaction. Mm-hmm. It's the person who gives him the money who wants to see bang for the buck. Or maybe it's Garcetti. Who knows? But uh, how beautiful. How beautiful. And I mean, I'm, and I'm sure there were plenty of people. As a matter of fact, Garcetti could have been a decoy. 
I'm sure anybody, if you're a, somebody, a Chinese uh, operative or a Russian operative, any operative, a British operative, anybody who wants to curry favor with the president, it's irresponsible not to buy the kids' paintings. There's an who open the avenue heck? of influence right there. You have to take it. Who the heck else is buying a Hunter Biden painting? Right. No, I mean, not like, for 500 grand. Unless The only way you buy a Hunter Biden painting for 500 grand is if you're getting 500 million in something the U.S. is doing. Right. Which is the idea, of course, which is which is what's going on here. You give the kids some <laughs> drug money and it's so he'll just, kick some up to the big guy. But like you said, it's just so embarrassingly transparent. Right. I mean, like when she says we're being really transparent about it, they are being really transparent about it. They're being transparently corrupt. Yeah. And it's remarkable. And that's why Biden's popularity continues to plummet over his foreign policy fiascos and ability to sell his keynote domestic agendas. In his own party and even his handling of COVID-19, a new Q poll, Quinnipiac College poll, said um, shows just 38% of Americans approve of the job he is doing, down from 42 in the same poll three weeks ago. 50% uh, He was up at 50% in mid-February. Battered on trust, doubted on leadership, and challenged on overall competency, President Biden is being hammered on all sides as his approval rating continues its downward slide to a number not seen since the tough scrutiny of the Trump administration, Quinnipiac polling analyst Tim Malloy said in a statement summarizing the devastating findings. The poll puts Biden underwater in his handling of every major issue. Approval of the president's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, which Quinnipiac put at 65% in late May, was down to 48% in Wednesday's poll. Disapproval of Biden's handling of the pandemic, by contrast, has shot up to 50% from 30% in late, late May. Mm-hmm. Biden also gets failing remarks on the economy, 39% approval, 55% disapprove. Foreign policy, 34% approval, 58% disapprove. And taxation, 37% approval, 54% disapproval. In addition, just 38% approve of the job he's doing as commander-in-chief of the armed forces, 37% as commander-in-chief of the armed forces. If that's not an Afghanistan question, I don't know what it is. Well, 58% disapprove of how he's doing as commander-in-chief of the armed forces. But the president's worst issue score comes to his handling on immigration. 25% approval, 67% disapproval. And specifically the ongoing migrant crisis at the U.S.-Mexican border, 23% approval, <laughs> 67% disapproval. A, plural, plural, a plurality of respondents, 46%, say the administration is not being aggressive enough in deporting immigrants. Well, 15% said the White House is being too aggressive with immigrants. I'm watching in the picture in the New York Post where I'm reading this. There's pictures of the um, guys strapping the people. Uh, um, another number I thought was interesting that came out of this Quinnipiac poll um, says that... Um, a majority of Americans, 52 to 44 percent, say that once students of all ages are eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine, kindergarten through 12th grade students should not be required to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. And well, nearly 7 in 10, 68 to 30 percent of Americans with kids under the age of 18 say they do not think students should be required to receive a COVID-19 vaccine once students of all ages are eligible. So that tells me that's going to be a pretty big uphill battle with the kids vaccine mandates. Right. If 70 percent of parents with kids under 18 uh, don't want a mandate. 
You know, it doesn't mean that 70% of the parents won't get their kids vaccinated, but it means that 70% of the parents don't like the idea of the mandate thing. And I bet there's a good number of people like you and I are people like this. Like we got vaccinated ourselves, but the kids vaccine is a much, much tougher sell for one thing, because um, there's no information yet on the risks, which we know there were more risks for younger people um, with the main vaccine, like younger men in particular. And uh, and that the risks increased as age went down and that um, and that kids aren't at risk, particularly from COVID. So, you know, for for you and me, like I'm in the camp of like, I'll wait and see how it shakes out with kids side effects. Once like millions and millions of kids have gotten the vaccine, depending how it goes, then I would think about it. But I'm not going to like rush right out and get my kids vaccinated the second that they become eligible. Right. And I think there are a lot of parents like that. I think a lot of people waited a little while to get the vaccine for themselves. And I think a lot of people certainly want to wait a little while with the kids because um, they they want to see how it goes, and they know that the the risk to their kids is so incredibly low, you know, and, and that the fact that seven in ten parents say they don't mm-hmm. want students student vaccines to be mandated is uh I was surprised at how high that was, frankly. Yeah, so am I, so am I. But I also think that overall, and I've had just from doing radio uh, the last couple of days, I've had a number of people call me, message me. Uh, talking about the psychological impact on kids. There's huge stories of mm-hmm. all over Connecticut. It's all over every state, I'm sure, because it was Massachusetts last year when I worked in Massachusetts. Connecticut, uh, the kids are flooding the emergency rooms um, for mental health reasons. Kids right. are hurting themselves, etc. And the emergency rooms, of course, many of these hospitals don't have mental health facilities, and so they don't know what to do. And there's a waiting period, so people are stuck in mm-hmm. hallways, etc. It looks like a Civil War freaking triage uh, for these kids who have, and this has happened since school started. Right. So it was bad before, and then when the summer was going flatlined, and now since school started again, because everything's so weird not in schools, and the media's doing everything it can to not mention masking, but mm-hmm. there's no doubt whatsoever that that's part of it. And I think now parents have seen between the masking and the stupid plastic things, for so for a disease now that we've seen that doesn't kill the kids, right? That that this is I think parents are are sick of people tampering with kids, mm-hmm. sick of it, sick of it. And so when they're saying, "All right, now you you just got to do the mask thing and do this, do this, that virtual uh, graduation parties, virtual this school bus," blah, blah. I think parents are now saying, "Stop, stop making this. Why are you making decisions for this little one?" Stop it. Just no more things for them. So when they say you got to get the gonna, gonna be vaccine mandate coming down the line for kids, it's like, stop. There's already towns in Massachusetts. I mean, like I know Belmont did. Their school committee already voted to say that every all the kids are mandated as soon as they're eligible. Like, I mean, I just I think that's so wacko. I, I, and, I, I, and I think it will be unpopular because, OK, so, yeah. So we're in like crazyville, Massachusetts, where people are going to want to mandate this for kids. But I mean, the fact that it's 70% nationwide amongst all parents tells me that it might not be 70% here, but it's probably 40 or 50% of parents oh, yeah. don't want it mandated, even here, even here. You know, like, I'm sure it's lower here, that number, that top line. I'm sure it's not 70 oh, here. But, yeah, no, no, but it is eating away blue support. 
Oh, yeah, because you're going to have people that, yeah, like thought Trump was mean to immigrants, that, yeah, didn't like the way Trump talked about Muslims, that, yeah, didn't like the way Trump tweeted or et cetera, et cetera, you know, and they voted for Biden, but they don't want, um, you know, this drama over mandates for their kids. Biden hasn't fixed the border. He's gotten more people killed than Trump did in Afghanistan. Like, I mean, it's... The, the incompetency and the the lack of solutions for problems that obviously like were there under Trump that Biden said he could fix, um, that that hurts him a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing to say like, oh, well, yeah, like the border's bad because Trump messed it up. But you campaigned on like doing better with the border than Trump did. Right. You campaigned mm-hmm. on kids with cages and that was bad and now it's going to be great. So you better not have kids in cages and be, quote, strapping people or whatever right. that you're doing. So, it, you know, I. But they didn't just campaign on it. Mm-hmm. They locked the, the kids in cages event under Trump was called positioned as a humanitarian, uh, malicious humanitarian um, catastrophe. It was called a concentration camp. Absolutely. AOC called it concentration absolutely. camp. And every single Democratic politician went up there and they said, absolutely it is. Every single trusted uh, progressive media person said, mm-hmm. this is absolutely the worst. And like you said, AOC cried. They all cried. They all locked it in. They said this image, by the way, this image equals concentration camps. So some people in the middle said, okay. And then they saw the image again. Now. Under Biden. Right. Under Biden. And then they saw the Biden administration try to remove images. No more images. No more images. Stop. Get your drone out of here. And then they said, wait a second. I'm, I'm, I consider myself, and I've shown it over the last four years, that I'm a very compassionate person. But this administration is not being compassionate as defined by uh, the people that I respect, including this administration. Right. But now they're gaslighting me. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the good guys. Why are you gaslighting me and, and telling me that everything's okay, then the things yeah. are fine? Why is the dynamic, oh, blue steel, look, Kamala Harris, she's going to go fix it, right? Yeah, high fives, boom, not fixing it, not doing it, laughing when Lester Holt asks her. Haven't been to Europe either. Right. <laughs> and they're like, wait a second, what are we, who's running this thing? Yeah. In this thing for to look at Biden next to Trump and say, well, he's just old and old Joe and lunch pail Joe, which he never was. <laughs> Amtrak Joe. Well, that act gets old. That act gets old. He used it today during the small business thing. And listen to this. Talk about a guy. First of all, he's lost a step. So what becomes, he wants to go back to Joey, uh, man, this is only as good as this Joey thing. <laughs> well, sometimes he goes out, unfortunately, it, to... He meanders out into a whole different solar system now. Jerry, every company uh, needs people like you, every single one. Someone who knows uh, what my dad taught me, and a lot of people who know me well, including the uh, governor's sister, who I worked closely with for eight years. My dad used to have an expression. He used to say, everyone's entitled to be treated with dignity. And Joey, a job's a hell of a lot more than about a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, everything's going to be okay. That's the God's truth. He said every time, ever since he lost, things went south in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So now where are we going now? Shut down. 
My dad was not a coal miner. Okay. I had a great grandfather who was a coal miner engineer, but you know, he he was a salesperson. Everything we He was a coal miner engineer, he was a salesperson. All right. We moved down to Wilmington, Delaware. A little town called Claymont, a little steel town. What are we doing here? <laughs> well, so also, like, can you leave some started- of us in the cutting room floor, possibly? <laughs> this also started off being a saying, and I'm not sure when yes. the saying stopped and the no. next thing No, this is started. an autobiography. <laughs> is it's- everyone entitled to dignity but- and a job's about more but than Alice, that? Like, this that's sounds already like- not a saying Like, anymore. you don't, neither of us have any surviving grandparents, mm-hmm. but this sounds like old people talking. You go down to the brook and you go to the, the, the tr- trout fishing and then you, you, you take and put you take and put your your bait right on side of the hook and if you have you you, you cast for little speckled trout then they would he's meandering I, right. seriously it sounds like uh like it's on Golden Pond. There's no steel anymore, but right on the border, okay, Pennsylvania, and uh, it was always about the dignity of work. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We should fact check his joeys and and see if this is uh this is um uh right. You know, my dad was an honorable, decent man. He got knocked down a few times pretty hard. But he always got back up. This is how much better he sounds back then. How long ago? He worked hard. Only a couple years. He built a great middle class life for our family. He used to say, Joey, I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I sure in hell expect them to understand them. And then he'd say, Joey a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. That's right. That we, just, that we just heard. Hang on. American workers are... Hold on. Joey, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. That's his grandmother used to say that. My grandpa was not Hispanic. He was an Irishman. <laughs> and every time I'd walk out of his door up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, he'd say, Joey, keep the faith. You know, my grandma, when she was alive, would yell... No, Joey. Spread it. What typical grandparents? I learned at my grandpa's kitchen table that money doesn't determine your worth. That no one, no one in the world, Joey, is more worthy than you or better than you. But everybody's your equal. These are real lessons I learned here. Can't these grandparents just talk to them like grandparents? (laughs) Joey, a job is about a lot more more than than a paycheck. paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. My grandfather Finnegan, Joey, remember, nobody, nobody's better than you. You can do anything. My goodness. The one thing I always remember my grandmother said, it seems to prove true, by all the studies we have done, all the hearings we've had. Okay, I'll do a short one. Joey, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Did she coin that term? Like he (laughs) claims to have coined some terms? My grandpa was not Hispanic. He was an Irishman. Oh, I guess we've already heard that one. I learned at my grandpa's kitchen table that money doesn't determine your worth. This we played this one. I'm sorry. Joey, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. My dad would say, and at first I didn't understand it, but he repeat all the time, but you guys feel in your bones. See, Joey, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. That was only the 43,000 time he said it. My dad used to say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. I want to it's see about what respect. His, his mom says. It's about your place in the community. These two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. And I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. 
Think that happened? I learned from the my mom. The most progressive yep. 50-something dude back in the 50s, I guess. I learned from my mom. She used to say, look at me, Joey. And keeping my word is a Biden to this. Say, look at me, Joey. Remember, you're defined by your courage and you're redeemed by your loyalty. Pretty heavy. <laughs> heavy discourse in the Biden family. My mom used to always say, <clears throat> Gene Finnegan Biden from Scranton, she said, Joey, remember, look at me, Joey. Nobody is better than you, but everyone is your equal. Yeah. As my mother was here, she were here, she said, Joey, hush up and take some questions. My mother's motto was, she said, you know, you're defined by your courage, you're redeemed by your loyalty. Hey, tell me if you get this one. Mother who said, Joey, you got to say, please excuse my back when I'm talking. I apologize to everybody back here. My dad made that walk in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And he told us, but he said, everything's going to be okay, Joey. I said, how you doing, buddy? He said, doing okay, Joey. I said, you're still driving? He said, no, only guys like you that never worked in your life can continue to work. Ooh. Joey. 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 Joey, 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 Joey. But yeah, he's not. Uh, he doesn't have his A game. You've been waiting even... through all that just to be able to comment and say something <laughs> substantive again. <laughs> I like to let you have your fun Thank with you. your Joey's. Thank you with your Joey's. But um, I do. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Like when you hear him, even I mean, like even I saw some clip of him recently from the debates, and he sounded so much better in the debates. Mm. Uh, just like in 2019 and 2020 than he did than he does now like but i mean i think everybody who's had an aged relative knows that like once that starts to happen it really happens quickly yeah. um and i i mean it's it's concerning obviously just from like a competence standpoint but it's especially disturbing when you play those and you realize that it's not just that he can't get out a complete thought it's that he can't repeat something that he's been repeating word for word for like 40 years and he can't remember it that's th- right that's really worrisome yeah i agree with you and, and the other part is that when he does and this is from today when he does when he does say something that's cogent it comes off as a threat my message is require your employees to get vaccinated with vaccinations we're going to beat this pandemic finally without them we face endless months of chaos in our hospitals damage to our economy and anxiety in our schools and empty restaurants much less commerce. What's that about? Empty restaurants? Anxiety in the schools? Yeah, that's not what you campaigned on, Joe. But right, You didn't campaign. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so in other words, the more people don't get vaxxed, the more we're going to have restrictions on your kids in schools. Just to show you. Just to show you. If this isn't a, the malevolent you know, mm-hmm. compulsion of Fauci writ large. I don't know what is. But I think you're right that it's also related to the mental decline issue because I think they're saying, um, you know, you need to get out there and you need to be clear and forceful because he sounds so meandery and weak and confused. And so I think they're saying, like, you have to get out there and you have to say this with, like, clarity and focus. And I think when he when they, like, force him to try and say this stuff in a way where it sounds direct and like he's got command of his faculties, he comes across sounding angry, which I think is also something that's common with like Mm. that kind of like dementia, mental decline stuff is like you'll hear they either sound confused or they sound pissed off. Yeah. Like because I think that um, that that when you try and get him to sound like he's okay, that that it's um, 
you know, he he just comes across this way, like aggressive and, and mad. And I don't know. I think it's an interesting point, too. I mean, like, I know Trump still talks about, like, coming back in 2024. But, um, you know, and, and Trump clearly had a lot more energy during this past presidency than Biden has now. But when you're at that age, when you're in your 70s, um, you know, a lot can happen in a year or two. Mm-hmm. The The difference can be really stark. So, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't tr- count Trump out entirely yet. But I just, I think that watching Biden go through this very public decline, I I mean, like, I think it should give us pause before electing anybody, even if you really like him, who's that age again. You know, that's my feeling. And I and I have concerns about even Trump, who I don't know what he's on, that he's able to stay up (laughs) at all hours and do all this stuff and tweet all these things and whatever. But like, you know, he obviously had more energy and more cogency than Biden does. But I, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many more years he'll be able to maintain that going forward. Yeah, or I, I, who knows, who knows, but so it's that part of it, and so he's he gives you no personal affirmation, like with Obama, Obama remained in good shape, good looking guy, mm-hmm. uh, spring in his step, had a cool thing, he had a right. temper, he had his moments, you know, when he can be salty, etc. But just the vision, just the presentation of Obama. Mm-hmm. Especially if you were a middle of the road person, Republicans probably hate him. Fine, but his presentation was very good, right. youthful, competent, articulate, um, seemingly on top of it. You know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that was a lie, but like oh, at totally. least he gave you the impression. If mm-hmm. you didn't know anything else about it, he gave you the impression that things were under control and he knew what he was doing, and there wasn't like you know total chaos. Which, I mean, like. Trump also had aspects of his presidency that were marked by, like, chaos. To what extent, it's hard to know because the media tried to make it seem like it was total chaos Mm -hmm. when it wasn't, too. But, I mean, I think there was some truth to the fact that he had a lot of staff turnover because I think he probably was kind of difficult to work for, not made easier, again, by the media. And in addition to that, um, you know, he had never worked in government, so he didn't, like, have this sense of, like, how things are supposed to work and the things you're supposed to do do and the roles you're supposed to have filled and all this stuff right well in mostly also the fact that you don't come into washington think you're gonna start changing things oh yeah no that's definitely true too yes but so i think that that whole aspect of the trump presidency made people nervous of those sort of like middle of the road the like suburban wine mom mm-hmm. voters right that went from trump to they went from Obama to Trump to Biden, right? Those type of voters, the, these suburban voters, they're, you know, I think they voted for Biden because they were worried about having somebody who didn't seem like they had things under control in there. But Biden now doesn't seem like he has anything under control either. And he's doing psychotic things like trying to mandate your kids to take a vaccine and trying to mandate you to take a vaccine and, you know, screwing up Afghanistan and the border's still a mess and, you know, like all these things, right? So you now have a person in there who, on top of all that, just doesn't seem like they know what's even going on. And there was this thing, we didn't even get to this a few days ago, but Kerry had the thing where he said that Biden hadn't known what was going on with the French submarine stuff. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that was from a couple of days ago. But, like, it doesn't necessarily lend a lot of confidence. Like, I don't know how much Biden 
does know the ins mm-hmm. and outs of what's going on. Or like with the Afghanistan crisis. I'm sure he didn't know it, but, but Kerry thought he was doing him a favor by saying right. that. Oh, yeah, uh, he didn't even know about it. He didn't know. And so and so that, I'm glad you bring that up because that shows just another cynical part of this administration is that Kerry, the bonehead, goes out there <laughs> and says, oh, you had no idea. Fine. But then the way the administration handles Kerry's own remarks. You said this, this president's first love is foreign policy. So why doesn't he know about these things in real time? Of course he knew about the French being displeased. About- That's not what Susie mm-hmm. was talking about. He knew about the French being displeased. Saki says very carefully. No, no. We're talking about the sub deal. Did he not know about the sub deal? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, we all found out the French were displeased they left the country so we all found out in real time when the ambassador said goodbye to us and got on a plane all of us figured you know what he think he's displeased mm-hmm. and the fact that the french ambassador proclaimed that he was displeased and macron proclaimed that he was dis- dis- displeased that was the giveaway for me so for her to say oh he knew that she and to do it with a laugh and a smile Oh, you said this this president's first love is foreign policy. So why doesn't he know about these things in real time? Of course, he knew about the French being displeased John about. Kerry let me finish. Literally had not been Peter, aware. I would encourage you to ask John Kerry specifically about the context of his comments. The president and, John, and, and the former secretary are also good friends. Uh, he relies on his counsel, uh, and as he does with many members of his national security team. But that certainly is not what he was intending oh, to convey. Uh, John, go ahead. Let me ask you quickly yesterday. John Kerry works in the White House. Mm-hmm. Is that do you tell me we have five minutes left? Ten. Ten minutes left. I did ten minutes. Yeah. I don't have my phone. That your son has. That's why I signal to you ten with my oh, two hands. You. Good, good. You. Thank you. Um, John Kerry works in the White House. Yeah, it's absolutely appropriate for her for him to ask. So he's got to go f- track him down and ask him. Yeah, we don't he know, doesn't ask him. have press briefings. And that's Kerry the, doesn't. The fact so that, this is the White House press briefing. That's where they are. Should I get James? Or do you want to? No, I'll get James. I can get him. If you want to, you can. I guess it's up to you. I can get him. Why don't we just finish the next 10 minutes of the show and then we'll decide who can go get him. So here's another um, here's another uh, issue. Uh, Here's um, what is this one again? Does the administration agree that parents upset about their kids curriculums could be considered domestic terrorists? Well, let me unravel this a little bit because see that this is Mm -hmm. something that if she wanted to put people at ease. And bring the anxiety down and mm-hmm. and calm tensions. She doesn't have to do any unraveling. She can put this to bed right now. Yeah. Saying, we don't think they're we're domestic not calling terrorists. Concerned parents domestic terrorists. But they don't want to be that. They don't want to do that. Because mm-hmm. they're cynical. They're ugly people. They're really they're malevolent p- people. They want to keep the tensions out there. They want you to feel they don't they seriously these this administration is working for the teachers unions, among other things. Right. So they want those parents to feel intimidated. So that's why she doesn't shoot the stand. Does the administration agree that parents upset about their kids' curriculums could be considered domestic terrorists? Well, let me unravel this a little bit because the National School Board Association is not a part of the U.S. government. I'd point you to them. What the Department of Justice said in a letter from the Attorney General is that, quote, threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. That is true. These were threats against public servants, threats against uh, members of the school board. Uh, Regardless of the reasoning, uh, threats and violence against public servants is illegal. That's what he was conveying from the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. So there you go. 
Yeah, and not only that, so I want to follow up on this domestic terrorist thing a little bit because um, we informed you all the other day about the letter from the National School Boards Association that said that to the Biden administration saying they wanted parents treated as domestic terrorists and, among other things, um, charged under the Patriot Act. That's what they said, literally, word for word, in their letter. We informed them. We mentioned Okay, we talked about it. Okay, I just want to make sure. No, but I want, because what I, my point is that... We talked about this and we presented this information as though Mm -hmm. it was factual. And the Associated Press now did a fact check because, you know, Christopher Rufo, this guy who kind of has this beat at the Manhattan Institute of covering critical race theory in the schools, you know, then um, once Merrick Garland came out with his letter saying that they were taking the National School Board's thing seriously and they were going to put the FBI on it to work with local law enforcement, um, he you know, came out and said, like, the Biden administration is now saying they're going to treat parents as domestic terrorists. And the the Associated Press fact-checked this and said this was not true, that uh, that nobody was treating parents as domestic terrorists, nobody had said that, and that Christopher Rufo was making it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the reason why I present- said that that way is because I want our listeners to know that things we told you haven't been fact-checked and found to be false actually because now it transpires that not only did they just not hit control f and look for the words domestic terrorist in the national school board association letter which is right in there and it also mentions the patriot act and i mean like they they want this and that's what the merrick island letter was responding to they absolutely use the words domestic terrorism um and they also didn't reach out to christopher rufo for comment in the fact check the fact checker has uh, locked his Twitter account <laughs> and the AP is um, and the misinformation editor, the person, the editor for fact checking at the Associated Press also locked her Twitter account. So they're just hiding now because right. they don't want to admit. So they said, um, you know, they, they finally admitted in an email that they never reached out to him for comment to ask him about it, that they just did this on the basis. They did reach out to the National School Boards Association for comment and put their comment in their fact-checking oh, article. Good. Oh, good. But they didn't, you know, reach out to the person who made the claim. And so just this incredible, like, quote, fact-check of, you know, it's something that was absolutely true that they didn't, I mean, the the generous interpretation would be that they didn't do the bare minimum of work to see if it was true or not. The The less generous interpretation is that they knew it was absolutely true and they just went to go say it was a lie the whole time. So, the, I mean, the gaslighting continues. No, 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 we didn't say, nobody said you were domestic terrorists. Stop acting so paranoid yeah. and crazy. That's ridiculous. They're just taking threats against school board members seriously. That's ridiculous. You're being so nuts about this. You're so paranoid. Meanwhile, the report that the National School Boards Association cites only has one example in the whole report of an actual threat against any school board official. So they found <laughs> one. In a whole country of 300 million people, there was one person who threatened a school official. Like, oh, wow. Like, really impressive. I mean, and then at the same time, they're applauding people for following Kirsten Cinema into a bathroom. Like, so what? Right. Is that allowed? Are you allowed to follow? If you went to a school board meeting and you followed the school, the female school board member into the bathroom videotaping her, would that be considered threatening? I'm just I curious. I think it would. <laughs> I think it would. Would I- that be considered domestic terrorism? Would you be pro- prosecuted under the Patriot Act if you did that? Well, I, I, don't- I mean, like... I. And and like I say, the gaslighting is nuts. This is the Associated Press. This is supposed to be the, I mean, the 
serious hard news like we don't have a side you know and then earlier today we talked about how they went after Christina Pusha and Ron DeSantis right over their stuff Associate uh, Christina Pusha on Twitter called them something she called them like activist progressives mm-hmm. like AP little known fact AP stands for activist progressives and one of their editors oh no no <laughs> replied to her and was like excuse me it does not stand for activist <laughs> progressive it stands for associated press and like linked their about page and was like maybe oh. you need to learn a little bit about what we actually are oh uh, like, it's I a just, trash organization it really I mean, is like, so, such trash th- talk about like exposing themselves yeah. for being total garbage it's just i mean like how can you take them seriously when they're like fact checking people's jokes on twitter like, oh yeah I mean, the babylon b still gets fact checked still <laughs> i can't i'm like i'm just tired like how I, it's incredible it's incredible i just don't know like now, <sighs> you know i'm what? hoping you, should, you so, know what you should keep in mind mm-hmm. joey a job is about a lot more than a paycheck it's about your dignity it's about respect it's about your place in the community. And you're about to have one, Al. It's slinging something. We can't tell yet. I haven't even applied tell. for the job yet. Guys, just way. think of this. Think uh-huh. St. Pauli girl. And I am very <laughs> excited about this. Not happening. And you're wearing no. the same thing. Can you no. ra- wear your I don't think St. that's Pauli what the job is. I don't think that's what it is. It is what the job it's is. Yes, it is. I'm getting is. you no. the outfit. No. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. <sighs> Why don't you get the job and wear the outfit? I have a job. I can't. I can't have that kind of... Uh, you don't think... Alice, Which one of us has more time, would you I say, go, right now? You do. I am st- eight to two, and then I get to crush abs, and then podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a couple more you hours You know who doesn't that. have time to crush abs? You do have time to crush abs. You choose not to. You're yeah, just, I just weirdly choose to, like, change diapers and teach I don't know why you wanted to be a single mow mother. Mow the lawn and, now, and pay... And, like, deal with all the, the bills. Mow the lawn, Alice. And, like, and Alice, like fix anything that's that broken was temporarily in the house. put on your plate. Hold on, I fix stuff too. Mm-hmm. Don't you fix stuff? Oh, by the way, your kids broke another window in the shed. Did you see that? I saw you texted me that. Um. Oh, <laughs> so I'm excited about that about your new job. Should I hit the exit music, or is it not time yet? We get a little time. No. Yes. Um. You look lovely. Always good look in that top for you. Oh, thank you, honey. You got me this top. I appreciate it. Thank that's you. right. At the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very Patriots nice. win. So Is true. It time to hit the music. Yeah, I need to an hit answer. The music. Okay. You Thank can you hit very the much. Music. Go for it. Thank you very much, Joey. Oh, another fun-filled week on the Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find us at burnbarrelpodcast.com uh, on Twitter. We're at Burn Barrel Pod. We're also on Facebook uh, at facebook.com/slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're on Gab. We're on Parlor as Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, you can email us burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can watch our videos on YouTube and Rumble. And all kinds of other places. I don't even, if we're somewhere, not somewhere you want us to be, let us know. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.